The following audio is from Restoration Southside Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where our mission is to restore people and places through mission, authenticity, and sacrifice. For more information, visit restorationsouthside.org. Please stand for the reading of God's Word. This, the scripture this morning comes from Jonah 1. story in a similar path. Now, we may 
this is an Old Testament book and we don't have any connection to it, but we will find out over these coming weeks and as we go through the book and this story, there's more than just a story. It's a beautiful picture of that connects to us in our day. It's very familiar, not just a small book about a big fish and this prophet, but it's it's a descriptive picture of the Christian life. It has things like mission and mercy and justice and wrestling and rejoicing and anger. Right? It has a, 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 catalog, a catalog full of emotions and feelings. And it's not prescriptive. It's not something that will happen to us. Right? A big fish will not come out of the Tennessee River and swallow us. But it's something that does describe a life that we experience as we follow the same God as Jonah. And so as we go through the book of Jonah, what I would encourage in you and in us is that we need to exercise the very important muscle of self-awareness to know that this is not just a book about history and about a guy, but it actually speaks into our day today. And in these first three verses, as we begin to set the stage for this, for what's coming up in the future, we see actually where a lot of life is so as we go through these first three verses, uh, would you join me in prayer before we begin? Lord, there is an ease in making our wrongdoings and sins felt. And there is an ease as well in making mercy something that uh, you have given as a gift and you have restored. You knew and you love your servant Jonah, Lord, and you know and you love us this very morning, and you use your holy scriptures to teach us that, and so would you do so this very day? So we see three things in these first three verses, first of which is the call to give mercy. Second is a retreat from the mission. And third is our own running. But the first of which is this call to mercy. As we engage the Old Testament, there is an ease to have this common misconception that there is this angry God. And he's angry because these people are, are messing up so much. And because they're messing up, this God who's uh, actually angry in his character strikes him down. Right? He acts out of his character. And he acts, his actions reflect fury and irritability and frustration. And Jonah shows us something different. Jonah was a prophet. It says in the very first verse, if you look with me, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now, we often go walk down the street and hear the word of the Lord with clear instructions, and we do so. That's just not uh, happening in our day and age. And Jonah was a prophet, which means in his day, he would hear a direct word from the Lord, clear as day, and send it to the person who needed to hear it. The people of Israel were in a trying time when Jonah lived. 
for him, he was supposed to take what was given him by the Lord and send it out. Prophecy is one of the largest genres in the Old Testament. And over a hundred times, it says the, the word of the Lord came, which indicates God is speaking through a prophet. And here it's nonetheless. God is speaking through his prophet, Jonah. And as he's speaking, he wants to shed a fresh light and a fresh message to society and to the world. The world had gone so twisted that the Lord had to speak through a prophet to say, this is what life is supposed to be. This is actually how life is supposed to be. And he would call out different things. In this larger genre, we see Jonah placed as a prophet in that day. And in Jonah's specific day, Israel was at a time called the exile. And what had happened was the Israelites had been given something, given the land, and given a promise of a land. And they had, things had gone so awry that enemy nations had come in, enslaved the Israelites, and were their captors. So Jonah is speaking for the nation of Israel during a trying time as they are slaves to a foreign nation. But to set him back up. And it says here, as Jonah the prophet hears a word from the Lord in a trying time, here's what it says. It says, Arise, Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. And you think, okay, he just said that God's not this angry God. He's actually uh, a compassionate God. He's not inherently angry, therefore he acts on evil. But here it says, God is calling out against the city. Right? There's, there's some uh, lack of congruency here. Jonah was called to go to Nineveh. Arise, go to Nineveh, because the anger that Nineveh had committed against the Lord was great. Right? They had done so much evil that it had reached the ceiling with God. And God says, Jonah, go and speak out against Nineveh. Deliver what I have for the world and speak out against Nineveh. Think that sounds pretty unjust. But he has a word of great clarity. Arise, go to Nineveh. Of great reality, Nineveh is this great city, and of responsibility. Jonah is supposed to speak out against it. Well, in that day, the Israelites were under the power of the oppressive nation of Assyria. You want to know what the capital of Assyria is? It's Nineveh. So Jonah was supposed to go to this oppressive nation, the capital of which he's supposed to go walk into and speak against it. Historians say that Assyrian history is one of the most blood-curdling histories that we know of today. I would tell you what they did to their people, but there are still demons. What they did was unspeakable to men, women, children, infants, even the unborn. Unspeakable. And so Jonah was supposed to walk and go to this place and call out against them. Elsewhere in Scripture, Nineveh is described as a city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims, endlessly cruel. The only modern-day application that kind of does it justice is if someone from Auschwitz left the concentration camp, went to Berlin, walked into the Third Reich, and spoke against Hitler himself. That's kind of the only candle that they 
told a metaphor of what's happening in Genesis And Jonah's supposed to go to them and say, the king of the universe sent me to speak out against you. And that sounds pretty satisfying. Sounds pretty great. We love when the bully on the playground who steals your lunch money gets what's coming to him. When he gets a taste of his own medicine, we think this is justice. Justice is reigning. This is great. It's a long time coming. And boy, is it good. something that seems like Jonah is going to deliver justice to the wrongdoer, and yet Jonah runs. Jonah runs. Why does Jonah run? This story is being picked up in the middle of Jonah's life, not the beginning. And we know that Jonah was a prophet, and he knew much about the Lord, much about Yahweh. And Jonah knew that if Yahweh wanted to destroy Nineveh, he would do it. Jonah also knew was that if the Lord wanted to save Nineveh, he would send a messenger. That if, if, if the Lord wanted to save and give the chance of repentance to this wicked nation, this evil nation, these, these horrid oppressors, he would send a messenger. And Jonah knew he was that messenger. Jonah knew that there was a call to give mercy, and he was the one that was going to have to give it. Did not like it. He did not want to go to the personification of evil and give them mercy. How do you feel about the most vile of people getting extended the chance of repenting? That actually, that God extends mercy to the worst of people. Said another way. to save those who you know you can't. Hard. Hard pill to swallow. And Lamont says this, he says, you can be sure you have made God in your own image when you hate all the people that you hate. So, how do you feel about God saving those who are not like you and who are actually against you? And the second question is this, would you join him on that? Not are you just okay with it, but would you join him? Because Jonah was asked to join him. And he runs. Would you join him? Now, one practical way to express this is uh, God longs to show mercy to those who don't get it. Uh, as we uh, grow, there are many people in this room right now. Um, and it's, it's a great joy. But proportionally, as this number grows in this room, through those curtains there's a mercy and those numbers get greater. Are you going to serve people who don't deserve what they're getting and give them mercy? Children are a gift, they are wonderful, and they are prized. Would you agree? Parents, so if you're going to serve someone who doesn't deserve mercy and, and love, you're serving the mercy. That's not the holy purpose. 
for your serving God. So, as we go through this, you'll see God's heart to give mercy to those who don't deserve it is a heart see this call to mercy, we see this retreat from this one who's supposed to go and deliver the mercy. Right? We see a retreat from mission. It says in verse 3, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now a hundred times it says, the word of the Lord came. And this is the only time in Scripture that it says, the word of the Lord came, and the person it came to says the exact opposite. He says, no thanks, I'm good, and bolts. Now, to our 21st century minds, we think to ourselves, okay, he's supposed to go to Nineveh, he goes to Tarshish, you know, it's kind of not the same place, but it's close. And we think in our, our 21st century Google Maps mind, he's just terrible at directions. But the truth is, in that day, it's the exact opposite direction. Um, to show you in a map, this, so this is, supposed to go here, and he goes not here, but Tarshish. That's kind of not just bad at directions, uh, that's like horrible at directions. Um, in fact, in that day, Tarshish was the western rim of the known world. So when, when God says, Jonah, go to Nineveh, speak out against him, really so they could have a chance to repent and have mercy, he says, here you loud and clear, no thanks. I'm going the exact opposite direction as far as I can. We know so much about the world now that we can't even have an exact correlation to what Jonah did. journey, other people will experience the mercy of God as Jonah is running and running and running. 
are to serve, we run in a self-preserving field, just like Jonah did. When the character of God exposes a nerve that's so deep in us, we run and we bolt, just like Jonah did. with their shame and sin, they ran and hid from the Lord, from the presence of the Lord, from the face of the Lord. Jonah runs from sweet intimacy, from the presence of the Lord, to Nineveh. Surely, we know enough about ourselves that we run, and it doesn't just tell us that we're bad at our job, but it says much more Yeah. 
through the festival blessings and Brandy Carlisle, before a song, began to talk in her group with us. The song Sugar Peach, she began to say how parenthood had given her what she calls an, a debilitating instinct to where the person who cuts her off on the highway isn't just someone who cuts her off on the highway, but it's someone who's parents says this debilitating empathy helps to see someone who's not just a convert, but someone more than that, a friend. Right? She's attesting to this idea that there's more to a person than their greatest weakness. And for us, we know in our running, Jesus sees so much more in us than our greatest same God to give mercy as Jonah was called to do. The character of God is to give mercy to those who do not deserve it. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing. He doesn't run away from mercy, knowing he will die for it. Hebrews 12, 2, the joy set before him, he endured the cross to save people who run, to save people who have a self-preserving fear, to save people who have loves they're so obsessive over, they will run to the ends of the earth to protect them. And those are the people that Jesus uses. And those are the people that makes the good news of Jesus possible to change this world. It's not just for the body of Christ, but for the entire world to experience, know, and be changed by. Because that's the character of God that changes us. Thank you.